What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's going on, my friends? Before we get to the episode, I am so pumped to welcome Abner Mares to the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Abner is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, but the title that he's most proud of is being a dad to two little girls. On Blue Wire's new podcast called On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man that he is today. They'll chat about topics like Abner's journey from being a kid on the streets to becoming a boxing champ, as well as sports, music, culture, and family life. You can listen to On the Hook with Abner Mars wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Episodes in English are out on Tuesdays, and episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays. Now hit my music. It's Chrysomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, oh, with the powerful you. questions. Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! All right, welcome back to another audio adventure on the Chris Van Fleet Show. This episode is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online, And I can't even begin to tell you how interesting this conversation is. I feel like stunt doubles have some of the most thankless jobs in the film industry. I mean, they're a huge reason why movies look as awesome and as believable as they do. And Bobby Hollenhanton is... An absolute beast. Also, I want to shout out my dude, Brad Lambert, who connected me and Bobby to have this amazing conversation. And while I do a lot of wrestling interviews, because, yeah, I'm a wrestling fan, at the end of the day, though, this show is all about figuring out what makes great people so great. And that's exactly what Bobby Hollenhanton is. He is at the top of his game. And even if you don't recognize his name, or his face, you have 1,000% seen some of his work. And when I start listing off some of the movies he's been in, you'll be like, oh my gosh, yes, of course. I've seen all of those movies. Now, by the way, if this is your first time here, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow if you're listening on Spotify. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. And I'm going to keep reading one out on every single episode until we get to that magic number. It's not really a magic number. It's just a number I made up. It's an arbitrary number, but it is a specific goal. 2,000 reviews. That is the goal here. And the goal is 2,000 reviews by my birthday, May 19th. So we're going to keep reading one out on every single episode as my way of saying thanks for being part of the show. Alex Herbandez titles this one 2K. One review from the 2K that's needed. Oh, yeah. And the podcast is pretty cool, too. But more importantly, let's get to the 2K so we can get that off the start of the podcast. Well, thank you for the review, Alex. And I couldn't agree more. I, I, 
I'm, I'd like to get to 2K, so we stop reading these. Well, at the same time, I like, I like shouting you guys out, like you, Alex. So thank you for taking the time to leave the review. Please keep these reviews coming. Let's get to 2K. We're like, I didn't look at the number exactly, but we're a little over 700 away. I think we can do 700 in the next seven months before my birthday. Yeah, yeah, we got this. So Bobby Holland Hanton is one of the busiest, if not the busiest stunt doubles in all of Hollywood. He's worked as Chris Hemsworth's stunt double for the last 12 movies, but he's also done stunts in films like The Dark Knight Rises, Inception, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Skyfall. Yeah, our man here is James Bond. Wonder Woman, Captain America, Mission Impossible Fallout, the new Batman movie, and the list goes on and on and on and on. Game of Thrones as well. We talk about how he got started as a stunt performer, what it's like being Thor and what his workout routine looks like to become Thor, uh, what goes into the stunts that he does, and his thoughts on why the Oscars don't recognize stunt work as a category, which is still crazy to me. You're going to love this. So please, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Bobby Holland Hanton. Well, it's such a pleasure to be joined by you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. No problem at all. Thanks for having me, mate. You know, you you look so much like Chris Hemsworth in those famous photos that we've seen, but sitting here right now, you're like, you know, you're like a kind of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, mate, I doubt that very much. Yeah. um, I mean, it'd be nice to look like him. That would be sure. That'd be, you know, that'd be uh, pretty good. But, um, but yeah, this is, you know, not everyone can be that lucky, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. So, so, I mean, you're known as being Chris Hemsworth's stuntman, but you've also done stunt work for so many other people. And when you look at the list, it's incredibly impressive. Chris Evans, Henry Cavill, Channing Tatum, Chris Pine. You pretty much are Batman in the Batman movie that's coming out and Dark Knight Rises. I mean, this is an incredible resume. Yeah, I mean, I did the Dark Knight Rises for for Christian Bale and and, and Batman. Not the I've worked on the new Batman that's coming out, but I didn't struggle for Batman. Okay, so you so you were only Batman in one of the movies. Correct. Yeah, in only one. Yeah. So how do you how do you even get into something like this? Do you know what my my background was gymnastics? Uh, you know, I started gymnastics when I was four years old, um, and then I stopped competing for Great Britain when I was seventeen. So if you if you imagine that. I class that for me as a, a physical degree, um, you know, and I, once I was not 17 and retired, I played semi-pro football for a couple of years, soccer, as you guys call it. And then, uh, you know, I got into acrobatic shows um, and then I built up, you know, live acrobatic shows and stunt shows into commercials, TV shows, and then into film. So it was, uh, you know, it's been a, a, a life journey, you know. I love that you're talking about uh, how you played soccer. And I can see in the reflection behind you, you are currently watching a game right now. What's on? Oh, that is Wolves and Shield United. Is that reflection coming in? Hold on. No, it's fine. I was just like, oh, this is just it's so ironic that I can uh, that you're talking about this and I can see it. There we go. Oh, but what if, what if you're going to miss something now? No, nah, it's all right. I can just have a look in a bit. It's, it's all good. <laughs> so what was the first film credit that you got? James Bond, Quantum of Solace. Wow. Yeah, man. That's amazing. Most people are, you know, struggling to get their first credits and that's an incredible film to start on. So if we look back at that film, where can we see some of your work in that? I mean, yeah, absolutely. It was a dream come true. I got the phone call to audition for it and I was just like, is this a real phone call? I'm pretty sure there's someone's trying to prank me. But um, 
I was lucky enough to to get the job and I was supposed to work on the show for five or six weeks and ended up being six months. Um, my first stunt on film was the balcony jump in Panama. It's when Bond is talking to Jeffrey Wright's character um, and he has to get out of this slum in, in the Panama as all the all the guys are coming through to chase him. And I run up the stairs and, and jump across across a balcony. It's like 2, 2 a.m. in the morning in the slums of Panama. It's my first first stunt and introduction into to the film industry. So um, it then, you know, I did a fight for, um, I was stunt doubling for Neil Jackson uh, against Bond in the in a room. Um, smash through the doors, go through a knife and scissor fight, um, and then get thrown through some doors by the other stunt double, Ben Cook. And then I went to Siena and did the rooftop sequence in Siena. Wow. So is there like a, is there stunt training that you need to go through in order to be able to figure out how to do all this? Yeah, there is. I mean, there's a criteria here in the UK. You have to be elite at six disciplines. I think there's around 12 disciplines that you can choose from. Um, I chose obviously gymnastics, trampoline and high diving. Because of my background, I literally just had to take the the tests and I I passed. So I kind of had three skills straight away. And it sometimes takes people five, six, 10 years to to train to get onto the British stunt register. So luckily for me, I had those skills anyway, took the exams and passed. And then I chose kickboxing, swimming and scuba diving as my last three to, to qualify. Wow. So I think that people know how this works on the acting side of things. You're, you're given a script, you audition for this and you go from there. How do you land roles? Do you know what? I think my introduction into the film industry when I was 23, when I doubled Bond, you know, I was working with Gary Powell, who's, who's one of the, you know, the best coordinators in the world and has got credits. He's done the last three Bonds um, or the last four Bonds, sorry. Um, so when I got the job with him um, and I worked with a few other guys in the UK, your name quickly goes around if you do a good job. Um, and then I straight after that, I did Prince of Persia with his brother, Greg Powell. And then I met a whole lot of English stunt performers and coordinators from that show. Um, and then it's kind of word of mouth. It's not the same as, I mean, there are auditions here and there. You basically go in and audition for a stunt coordinator if you're, if you're new. But um, if, you, if, you're, if, you've, if you've already done a job at high level and people you know, can see them and know what work you've done, um, it kind of goes, goes that way. It's word of mouth, really. So there's not really auditions for me for stunt work. In the same way that like other people that are working in, you know, the, the production department or the craft services department, they don't need to audition after they've kind of been in the world for a little while. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly that. Yeah. I mean, it's um, I guess if you do a good job, you, you know, you get remembered when another show comes up. I mean, right now, the UK is so busy with film and TV and it has been for the last 10, 15 years, if I'm honest. Well, I say 15 years, probably 13 years since I started. It's been, wow. you know, the, all the studios are, are fully booked. So it's hard to even find locations here in the UK. Um, so it's, it's very busy. I mean, people know you for, you know, becoming Thor, for being the stunt double for Thor. But you, your actual first work for Marvel, I believe, was as Captain America, right? Yeah, it was. I actually did, um, I did Bond in Persia. And then um, I did a little bit on Harry Potter, the last two Harry Potters, um, and Inception with, with Chris Nolan. And then I went to New Orleans and did Green Lantern for DC. And then uh, I came back to the UK and did Captain America First Avenger. So that was my first Marvel picture, yeah. Wow. And then from there, did they go, you know, you're, you're kind of actually a good double for Hemsworth. No, not at all. I actually, the, the stunt coordinator, Steve Dent, who I work with a lot, is a friend of mine, um, got the job to coordinate Thor 2. And originally I was called in to stunt double for Loki. Um, and I... 
as soon as I got the call to do the job, I was like, yeah, absolutely. And there was talk of me potentially going to New York and doubling Josh Brolin in Men in Black 3, I think it was, um, for another coordinator and, and second director that I worked for, Wade Eastwood and, and Simon Crane that I worked for as well. Um, and then I, you know, I said yes to Thor, but I kind of, I guess in my heart of hearts, I kind of, I didn't want to, I was like, look, I want to start double for Thor. So I just started training like a madman about six, six weeks before the shoot or, or before rehearsal, sorry started training like a madman. I went, I went to work and, and Steve was like, wow, you've put on a lot of muscle mass. What's, what's going on? And, you know, I, you know, I explained and said that I'd really love the chance to be one of the four doubles. And he was like, yeah, absolutely, man. You've worked hard. So yeah, we'll give you, give you a go. And you know, the rest is history. I've, I've been with Chris now for the best part of nine years. I think we've done 12 films together. Wow. So now when Hemsworth signs on for a film, are you just part of the package? Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm his contract is stunt double. So if, especially if it's an action movie, then, you know, wherever it is around the world, then I go with him. And like I said, that's, that's 12 movies we've done now back to back since, um, 2012. Wow. And when you look at your reel, uh, it's just incredible work that you've done. Congratulations on everything there. Thanks, man. I've got to think that the tough part about being tied to someone like Chris Hemsworth is if he gets bigger, you got to get bigger. If he gets leaner, you got to get leaner. Dude, I actually spoke to him today um, and was like, you know, what, what kind of size are we getting into for Thor? He's like, you just texted me back saying big. And I was just like, okay, dude, thanks. It's, it's, it's probably, he's probably the hardest person in the world to stun double for because he's a man mountain, dude. He's six foot four in, in the costume, well, six foot three or six foot four, whatever. In the costume, he's certainly six foot four. Um, and he just looks like he's been carved out of a big block of ice. And I'm six one, so I have to wear two and a half inch lifts in my boots. And I'm not naturally as, as big as him. So I have to, you know, train a lot and eat a lot to, to get anywhere near his size. And I'm still still not close. So, um, you know, I do my best. I say not close. I, I get close and I do my best to to get as, as, as close to him as possible. And, you know, it's worked for this long. And, you know, we've got Thor coming up. So I'm starting to train for that now. And it's going to, you know, I'm on a strict diet and training program now until until probably next June. Now, wow. So when does filming for Thor 4 begin? Um, I'm not totally sure when it, when it starts. I will start prepping fairly soon, I guess. I've got to do my own work here and start training and, and start getting you know, into, the, into shape for it and start getting ready. But who knows? I mean, I know that it's the next thing we're doing. Um, I don't actually know on timescales of when we do it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm very much interest, interested in fitness and nutrition. So walk me through a week of what training with Bobby is like? Um, I guess it depends, really. It really depends on on what it is and, and what we're, you know, if we are working on a Thor or an Avengers, you know, for, for, as an idea, I guess, you know, I'm training two, three times a day um, and I'm probably eating eight, nine meals a day. A couple of those maybe being a protein shake or one or two of, as a protein shake. So, you know, I will hit, you know, weights twice a day, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do in the morning and lunch and then in the evening, but maybe I'll do a circuit. Cause you know, I do a lot of my own body weight stuff from gymnastics and I find that that, that kind of works. I feel, I feel like the muscle memory is there from gymnastics. So, you know, I've a lot of my own body stuff. So pull-ups, push-ups, um, air squats, you know, um, dips, etc. in circuits with, with sprint training. So I'm getting the heart rate up and then, you know, and then I'll go back in the evening and do a, you know, or at lunchtime and do just isolate some muscle groups. And, and a lot of that is, is arms because they're out the most. 
So, you know, work a lot of arms and, and try and eat as much good stuff as possible. High, good fat, high, good protein, um, and, and high, good carbs. Are there things you can do as a stunt performer where you can get the rust off, so to say, you know, if you haven't performed in a few weeks, is there somewhere you can go and do flips or crash mats or something like that? Um, my, my garden, I can flip about my garden a little bit and I can go to the <laughs> local gymnastics club that I used to train at. Um, but not really. It's about getting in, it's, it's about getting in the driver's seat again. Now it's, I will have probably best part of, um, you know, two, three months to, to, well, certainly three months where we'll start getting ready now. And then when I, you know, when I go to, uh, you know, to start Thor prep, then we have rehearsal time. We get to break down the script and run through all the action sequences and what we need to do. So that, that kind of gives you a bit of time to rehearse everything. So, you know, but I have, um, this is the longest I've, I've ever, I've ever been out of the game for, if you like, since, you know, back surgery and then COVID I've been back and forth doing bits and pieces, but, um, you know, it'd be nice to get back to it properly, you know? Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to the world kind of getting back to some sort of semblance of normal. What what would you say is the most difficult stunt that you've had to pull off? Difficult stunt I pulled off? I don't know, man. I mean, there's been been a lot and I, you know, my memory's not the best, so I have forgotten about a lot. But um, do you know what the up there for sure as one of them is you know the the balcony jump i did in panama as for bond my first ever job there was wow you know it's two o'clock in the morning with three stories up one balcony to another i think i was slightly higher than the, the balcony that i was landing in so that gave me a little bit extra you know time to travel and i think you know i think in in, in i think it was about seven meters in distance in the end and had no cables no safety um because the, the way that the camera, you know, was shooting and the, how they followed me behind, they, after I jumped, they also, you see the street. So that was just part and parcel. And it, it was a difficult gag and it had to be precise for me to do. And then again, I can go straight to my last show, which was extraction and off the balcony, onto the awning, onto the truck, onto the road. You know, that was a difficult gag to be able to repeat and do the same thing and, and land in the same position and know where you are, basically. So, you know, there's been there's been lots that but off the top of my head i can just say those two from start to my start of my career and, and and now so with no wires how do you practice something like that you start at ground level so we we basically take measurements of the the you know the what the distances of my run up and take off and where i've got to land etc and we'll do it at ground level and then we'll put some boxes down on the floor and we'll do it with boxes and then we build a scaff tower at the location and put crash mats all over it and, and make sure it's it's doable. And then once you're confident, you know, and the safety team and everyone around you, the coordinator's happy, you sit down, you give it a go and hope for the best. <laughs> wow. On the flip side of things, what is the easiest stunt for you to perform on camera? Uh, I don't know if there is an easy stunt, mate, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say there's an easy stunt. That's, otherwise, it wouldn't be no point us doing the game. Yeah, I, I think this is fascinating. Is there ever a time when you're doubling for someone and they're like, "Ah, Bobby, I got this one. Don't worry about it." Um, listen, every actor I've, I've been lucky enough to work with, they've all been, you know, athletes and amazing performers themselves. So they're all capable of doing amazing things. And you know, it, it's it's more of a case of strategically trying to plan it with production and timing and. Listen, the risk is if, if Chris does something that he doesn't need to do um, and he gets injured and then the film or production has to stop for three months while he recovers, 
uh, doesn't work because there's there's dates that the studios have to stick to for the movies. So, you know, it's about using your common sense and saying, okay, cool. What do we need to shoot? Okay, look, and then we'll we'll use elements of you, and then we'll use Bobby as his stunt double, and we'll do it that way. It's it's a well-oiled machine. It's well planned out, and it, those those things have to work to make everything work. It's not just one element. It's it's making them all come together. What's your opinion of the work that Tom Cruise has done over his career? I mean, he's amazing. I mean, the, the man is um, is one of a kind, isn't he? I mean, you look at look at all the films he's done and how many films he's done and the, how he looks now and the shape he's in. And I mean, he, he's always pushing the bar and I have no doubt the next mission is going to have you know, exactly the same kind of impact as the last one. So, yeah, he's a legend for sure. Even though sports may have taken a little bit of a break in 2020, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there's no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering listeners of our show a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And the wait is over, my friends. We finally have football again. Now, you may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off by wagering on wins, division, and championship futures. You can do it all day. Every day. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Is there someone in the stunt performing world that's like the Michael Jordan of stunts? Someone who over the course of 20, 30, 40 years of their career, whatever, is just the top of the top. Yeah, I mean, there's loads. There's loads of those guys. Hal Needham, you've got the Vic Armstrongs, the, you know, the, there's, there's loads and loads. Wade Eastwood, Gary Powell, like the list goes on. Like there's so many. Ben Cook, Buster Reeves. I mean, I could, I could be here all night telling you there's, there's lots. There's, we're lucky enough to have so many amazing performers coordinators, fight arrangers, second directors and directors, you know, that are out there in the world that we're lucky enough to make these action, action films and, and bring, the, bring them to life. There's, there's, there's hundreds. I would think that Bobby Holland Hanton's also on that list as well. 
Oh, I doubt it. I doubt it, mate. I doubt it. Um, I'm just very happy and, and pleased to be able to, to work with some of the most amazing teams and people and, you know, get to travel the world and do, do something that I love. So I'm just, you know, very, very, I feel very blessed and lucky to, to be in this position. You know, the interesting thing about your job is you need to make it look as good as possible, but at the same time, the audience can't know that it's someone else. So when you're in these scenes, what's the secret to making it look like it's the person that you're doubling for? Do you know what? I think as a, and I think every stunt double takes this on as part of the job is, and I guess this is what, you know, the audience don't realize that we do is when I go into a job and I'm stunt doubling for an actor, I, you know, when we're not rehearsing, when we are rehearsing, when we're on set, I watch the way they walk, I watch the way they run, the way they move, how they, you know, their, their characteristics, because that is part of the job. It's, it's no good doing an amazing stunt that looks nothing like how they would do it because that's the first thing the audience will say, well, that wasn't him. You've got to make it look as much as possible like them and really read into the character and, and try and be the character as they are, you know? Um, and I think that's very, very important. When I, you know, every actor that I've stunt doubled for, I've done the same thing. And with Chris, you know, I, I try and watch the way he walks, the way he runs and the way he moves as Chris, but also he does things differently as each character. So I do that as well as how he does it as Thor or how he does it as Tyler Rake. Like, all of it's different. So do you have a moment where, you know, before production starts, you sit down, maybe you have a drink, maybe you have lunch with the actor and say, all right, like, how are we approaching this scene? Or what's your mindset in a scene like this one? Yeah, listen, I mean, I'm, you know, very, very close to Chris. I'm, as I said, we've eight, nine years and we've done these films together. We've worked very closely and we, we both have a massive amount of trust in each other. And, you know, that's a, that's a great relationship that we have. So we speak on a regular basis and I'm like, what are you thinking for this show? And like, he comes up with amazing ideas. I mean, the, the guy's a genius. And he says, you know, I want to do this this time or I want to move like this. And you're like, okay, cool. We'll start, we'll start honing in on that and, and start practicing those skills and get to, to the level that he wants to. I mean, listen, we had to go from Men in Black straight to India and start prep on, on extraction. And we, were, we, we arrived about 10 days from shooting. So we were every single day pretty much from morning to night, rehearsing fights. He was going through his script. We were going through the techniques that all the stunt team and the, and the fight team and the coordinator that came up with that they'd been working on before that for months to get it right. It's just lucky that Chris is that kind of action actor athlete where he can step into anything and picks up things very, very quickly. His eye-to-hand coordination is amazing. And he's got a great background in you know physicality and he's, he's very athletic. It, He's an amazing surfer and he kickboxer, he's, you know, trains as everyone can see a hell of a lot. He's an all round amazing athlete. So that makes it a lot easier for everyone. It makes it a lot easier for me. It makes it a lot easier for the studios to have someone of his skill set in so many fields to be able to pull off some of the things that he does, which is nothing short of incredible. Well, and a lot of that, you know, what you just said there describes you as well. Incredibly athletic. You mentioned gymnastics and soccer earlier. What are the sports that you're still involved with now? Still involved with now. Um, I try and jump around gymnastics as much as I can. That, that's, you know, that's difficult sometimes and I'm getting older and it, it, it hurts more. So gymnastics, I try. Um, I'm playing a lot of tennis. I absolutely love tennis. I always have. But I'm having the chance now to play it more than I've, I've ever played it, which I'm really enjoying. Um, you know, I love, I love football, um, and I love the USC and I'll try and go boxing and, and whatever it is that I'm doing a bit of Pilates, you know, I'm obviously weight training a lot. 
So I try and, you know, and that, you know, stunt performers now, it's, it's moved on so much and every single year it moves on at a rate of knots. So we're athletes and we, we have to eat well and train and keep ourselves in tip top shape and, and, you know, keep training our skills to freshen them up. Because if you don't, as you know, you get rusty quite quick. I imagine so much of what you do is tied to mindset. So if you're about to take on the biggest stunt of the film, what's your preparation for that? What, what's, what's going on in your mind right before they yell action? Well, generally, the rule of thumb with something that's, that's huge and it's a big, big stunt in the movie is that we will have a lot of time to rehearse it. We'll have a lot of time to get it right. And that means starting from the very bottom and, and you know, building up in increments to make it as safe as possible. And that's not just me. That's working with the whole team. The, when we pull off something that's amazing, that's, that's the whole team doing that, not just you know, someone like myself doing it as the stunt double. That's everyone that's involved to make it work. And sometimes you know, we'll, we'll rehearse a stunt for months to get it right, depending on how big it is, because it is, you know, the nature of what we do is, is dangerous. So we have to eliminate as much of that danger as possible. And that takes time you know, concentration and, and a, a team effort to make that work. So, you know, for example, if I'm doing a big wire stunt, then we build up in small increments. You know, they'll attach me on the wire and they'll just give, they, they've done a, a hell of a lot of work before I even put get put into the wire. They'll use a weight bag. They'll get it, you know, they'll, they'll be rigging and, and testing things all the time until they're ready for, for me to jump on. And then we'll, we'll test it and get it ready for, so it's shoot ready, you know, and then we can walk onto set take away some mats, you know, and, and hopefully be, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you know, thought process that goes into it. They take notes, make measurements so we can walk onto a set, rig the same thing up and it should be exactly the same. And then we got to shoot it. So the preparation is key and that, that sets everything aside. It's, it's something that I guess a lot of people don't get to, to see on, on the, you know, on the inside and know that, you know, the stunt team are there probably, like I said, two, three months before we start shooting because we've got all the rehearsing to do. I mean, I guess when it comes to mindset, when, when it is actually time to do it, it's just like, oh, we've, we've done this before. I feel completely ready to do this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, listen, there's always that element of, okay, boys, we're going to go a little bit harder because it's shooting and we're going to take away the mat. So it's going to maybe hurt a little bit more. But at that point, you, you, you know, you, you're psyched up for the, for the gag. You want to do an amazing job and you want to, you know, once you've shot something and you're, you're happy and you're proud of it, that's, that's, on, that's on camera forever. Something you can look back at and be very proud of in, in years to come and, Hopefully I can, I can look back at some of my stuff and, and be really proud of it. This is actually something that Sylvester Stallone told me when I interviewed him. He said, you got to remember every time you're about to do a scene that this is going to live on forever. Yeah. And that's a nice, nice thing. I mean, I started out in live shows and, and I love the, you know, the live audience is amazing. It gives you an amazing buzz. But if I'm honest, it lasts for about four or five shows. And then you kind of, you get used to it. Whereas film, you know, you rehearse something. For, for weeks or months and then you've got to shoot on the day and boom that's done we forget about that and we move on to the next but once you've done something that you can look back at 5 10 15 20 years later you know i'm looking forward to that i've been doing it now for 13 years i look back at stuff that i did early on and i'm like holy shit i, I forgot that i did that or i could have done that better or whatever but you know in in years to come i hope that i can show you know children grandchildren and, and say yeah that, that, that's me doing that and they won't believe it but at least i can tell them and show them <laughs> They'll be like, yeah, you're hiding your face. We can't tell it to you. Yeah, they'll be like, no, it's not you. Look, it's the actor. Is that, I and mean, when you're in a fight scene, is the key when you fall on the ground to like cover your face up? It's something that we is kind of in, embedded in us as stunt performers is we know that 
it's not us. It's not supposed to be us. So whenever we land, I'm all, you know, it's just the natural thing that stunt performers have is to try and not show your face too much, like look away from the camera or kind of try and hide your face as much as possible. So it makes it easier when it goes to post-production that they, you know, nowadays it's the technology is incredible that there's a lot of face replacement, but even so it still costs a lot of money to do that. So we try and help out as much as we can by covering ourselves. But, you know, listen, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the same as everyone else. There's been times where I've, you know, forgot. Luckily, it's not many times, but I've forgotten. And they're like, Bobby, you just look straight at camera and you're like, oh, shit. Okay, cool. Sorry, guys. Let's go again. When you talk about, you know, it might hurt a little bit when you take the pads away. What's been your worst injury in your career? Unfortunately, throughout my whole career, not just stunts, my gymnastic career, I've I've had major back issues and I've I've had three back operations now. And the last one was the big major one where I have now um, two titanium discs and six screws, three either side and a small caging around the bottom of my L4, L5, S1 level. Um, so the back has, has been the thing that's given me the most trouble over my, like I said, gymnastics and stunt career. Um, that's always been there and it's, it's flared up. It's got worse over time and, and certain things have made it worse. And there's been maybe three occasions where it's been really bad. Um, but apart from that, you know, I've popped my shoulder out a few times. I've blown my knee out a few times. I snapped my, snapped my groin off the bone. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Longus and, 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 uh, rip, look, basically ripped it off 90, 85% of off the, off the bone. And then I actually slipped in, in the shower and ripped the rest off. Um, oh God. so that was a pretty bad injury. You know, I've, I've had a couple, I've hit my head a few times, whiplash, sore neck, um, broken fingers, toes, and, but, you know, I popped my rib, you know, I, I think there's been a few things that I've done, but, you know, touch wood, it's, it's, it's been my back that's caused me the most trouble. And the longest of, of time to try and recover from something. With all of this said and the amount of work that goes into what you do, it still blows my mind that the Academy Awards don't recognize this as a category. Do you think that there will one day be an Oscar for stunt performing? Um, I mean, I, I absolutely, 100% there needs to be something for stunts. I don't know if it's a specifically for a stunt performer or a stunt team. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how, what it, how it should be. Um, you know, we, we get recognized at the Emmys for, for stunt, you know, the team contribution and the, and the stunt coordinator will get Emmys and, you know, SAG awards, you know, I've won many SAG awards and, you know, they're, they're big award ceremonies that recognize us. I baffled why the Academy doesn't, but I think it's, it's well overdue. I mean, stunts were before sound, um, which is, is incredible, you know? And, and I think, you know, importantly, Brad Pitts, you know, is, is, gave us a shout out at the last Academy Awards. And, you know, it's, it is about time. I don't know what the reason is for it. There's, there may be more to it than we, than we know. But, you know, I hope, it, I hope it changes and I hope it changes sooner rather than later. It's funny that you say sound. There's two sound categories and not a single stunt category. Well, exactly. I mean, uh, again, I'm, I'm baffled. I, I don't know. I, I just really don't have an answer why there, there wouldn't be and why there hasn't been. And, the amount of times there's been petitions for it, what you know, is it getting ignored? Who knows? I, you know, I, I, it's, it's not. I'm just speculating of what could could be. Um, but hopefully, uh, again, hopefully, I think it's it's definitely you know well overdue, and it's you know it's massively deserved. So let's see. In terms of film in general, what is your favorite film of all time? My favorite film of all time. I've got a few good ones that I love. I'd probably say Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood 
Daniel Day-Lewis is my hero. He's one of my, he, well, he is my favourite actor of all time. You know, him and Meryl Streep are just mind I mean, I, there's a lot of actors that I've worked with, luckily enough, that are mind-blowing. And, but that's probably my favourite film. It's just incredible. Everything about that film is incredible. If there's someone that's watching this or listening to this right now that wants to follow the type of career path that you have, what are the first few steps that they need to take to be able to make this happen? I think first few steps, you know, I think what helped me was my gymnastic background, trampoline, high diving. That really put me in good stead for what I do as a physical stunt performer. Um, And because I did it at such a high level, I think now it's, you know, I benefit from that massively. So I do know that a lot of my friends and some of the top stunt performers in the world have had a background at some kind of national or even world level that have really helped them going forward. Like if you're a motocross um, rider and, you know, you you could do, you know, bike stunts in film, or if you drive a car to a high level, I've got friends that, you know, were, were Formula 3 drivers, or if you were a fight guy, you know, coming in and doing fight, fight stuff, it, it really, really helps, as I'm sure you can, you know, imagine. So my advice would be, you know, if you're someone that has one of those skills or horse riding or fencing, it doesn't matter what the skill is, it just... It just shows that skill shows your level of discipline and hard work and your work ethic. Um, you know, and then you decide you want to get into film, then you can start to practice the other skills and 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 or obviously practice the skills before you get into it, of course. But I think that that's that would has always helped me and it's helped a lot of my good friends around me and some of the best formers I know. And I think having a physical skill level, I mean, to be a stunt performer, you need to be able to know how to land and, and take a hit and you know, that's obviously very, very important. So, you know, that would be my advice. With you mentioning work ethic, I feel like in your profession, it's like one of the most important things. If an actor flubs a line, you can just do it again. If you guys mess up a stunt, someone could get really hurt. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I guess that's when, when the, you know, the rehearsal time that we spoke about comes in and that's the whole team working together and to, to make it work is, Everything is is really rehearsed out and prepped, you know, very early on. And we do it. I do it over and over again. We all do. Some teams do it. I generally, you know, if I've learned a fight scene, I will go over it on my own, shadowing the fight scene over and over and over again. So it's so it's embedded, and that's you know, it becomes second nature. Um, and then you can think about how to perform it. Once you've dialed in and you know what's next, then you can really start to enjoy it and start to do things a little bit different and make it look really natural. Once you know exactly what move is coming next without look, making it look too, you know, like it's been rehearsed. That, that, that's also a, a fine line. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it is dangerous. And I think because it's so dangerous, we, you know, it's something that, you know, we, we like I said, rehearsals are key, mate. We, that, that's the, the, the key to everything. Got to say, this has been fascinating. Bobby, thank you so much for your time. Mate, thank you very much for having me. Sorry, I, I'm just, uh, I had the football on. I'm holding the phone. I've been pretty badly prepared today for this. I apologize. And uh, look, hopefully I can come on again soon. No, it's just been great hanging out with you. I know that everybody's going to go watch these films now and see if they can find you in these uh, scenes. And I know I'm going to do that. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, bro. And hopefully stay safe over there, guys. And, and, and you know, especially not, you know, with the wildfires as well, but also COVID. I mean, hopefully um, we can all get back to, to somewhat normal very soon. Let's hope so. Thank you again, Bobby. Cheers, mate. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Well, there you go, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Share it with a friend. 
who's a Chris Hemsworth fan, maybe who's an Avengers fan, or just someone who would appreciate this as much as I know I did. Tag me on Instagram. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. Tag Bobby. He is at Bobby Dazzler 84. And it's incredible hearing all the work and all the preparation that goes into a moment that may only end up being on film for a few seconds. But in reality, those few seconds will live on film, I mean, forever and ever and ever. That's that's the beauty of film. That's why we love film. We watch movies from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, and they're still as relevant today as they were when they were made, you know, 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 plus years ago. Uh, so next time you watch a Chris Hemsworth film, keep an eye out and see if you can spot any of Bobby's handiwork in there. I mean, this man is just an absolute beast. And I was so grateful to be able to share this conversation with him. I came across a Japanese proverb this week that I wanted to share with you before we uh, end this episode. It goes like this. Vision without action is a dream. A dream without vision is a nightmare. Mm. Be great. Be grateful. Have a great week. We will see you on Thursday with the one and only Matt Seidel.